We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too bad. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep Podcast Network Full House. I don't know if we can call it an emergency pod because it is the next day, but it would be a happy emergency pod regardless as we got news late last night that Pat Connaughton, after opting into his player option, has indeed signed a three-year extension to keep him in Milwaukee long-term. This is something I guess we either expected or hoped for between the four of us in the group, but certainly a result we're all happy happy with, especially when we dive into the numbers. I am Ty Windish, one of the hosts of the Eurostep, joined as always by the excited co-host Rohan Kadi, as well as the just like crystal clear video and audio today, Jordan Tresky and the judicious so Adam clear. McGee. Oh, okay. I, was, I don't know no, where just, judicious came from, but you're judicious. I don't know either. Yeah. What am I? What am I being judicious about? Just daytime lighting causes havoc. So we're doing. We've got a light uh, here. Judicious it's about tough. my TV show preferences. <laughs> yeah, we were talking oh. cinema before this. That I think that's where it, the the word came from. But fellas, how's it going? Fantastic with today's news or yesterday's news. I'm doing well. I've slept on it, and I'm doing well. The implication that you weren't sure before you went to bed is, yeah. is great. So, <laughs> Pat stayed for longer than I thought. And I slept. It, yes, this is a good decision. Here are the numbers on this deal. And we're going to go. There's a little bit different. The first report was three years, 30 million, which I think we were excited about already. Then Woj follows up with the agents tagged. So, this is the real one, folks. Three years, $28.5 million extension for Pat Connaughton with a player option. And that's important to keep in mind, this comes into play after his 5.7 million player option that he opted into before for this coming season. So Pat's deal in totality is 34.2 million over four years with an AAV of 8.55 million. And also, you know, it'll be much less. It's obviously 5.7 in year one and then a little bit below 10 in the next three years. We don't know exactly if it's rising if it's the same number all three years, we'll see on that later. But really just an exceptional bargain. And I do think in this case, although it's not a four-year – there's no con, new contract signed, right? Technically, he's still operating on the last contract with the opt-in and extension. I do think, though, it's fair to look at this as essentially a new four-year contract because Pat could have opted out and asked for that $8.5 million or more number for a new deal – and I think if you compare it to the rest of the market this summer, it's extraordinary for the Bucks. I mean, Marvin Bagley, I think, has the same or more guaranteed money and one less year on his contract than Pat Connaughton. Uh, Chris he's Boucher, thirty-seven and a half million, right? Uh, I believe he. Yeah, is. he's got more. Yes, he is. It's more he's money for more. three years. Yeah, thirty-seven point five million uh, for Marvin Bagley, which is just ridiculous. Uh, also, thirty. 33-and-a-half-year-old Nick Batum and 37-year-old P.J. Tucker 
are going to make more a year over at least the next two years than Pat Connaughton, who I think we've talked about him a lot, but just someone we've made a rafters case for here. Uh, someone who's been one of the Bucks' most reliable playoff players, including most recently against Boston. This is an exceptional deal and really just reaffirms what we've been saying. Pat wanted to be here. Like, this is exceptionally team-friendly. He made it very easy for the Bucks, I think, which, you know, given his other revenue streams, maybe makes more sense for him than anyone. Um, but we appreciate it, as hopefully this will mean more players like Bobby Portis are also able to stick around going forward. Which... He has. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. No, it's 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 an amazing thing. Like you've seen, you've seen just a total transformation of this team ever since Bud got here. Ever since Pat got here, is it is it one or is it the other? Who knows? Maybe uh, uh, Shams did say in his tweet, "Well, re- well respected leader, Pat Conson, uh is getting an extension." So uh, it's clear that the team wants him to be here. He wants to be here. He's at the unveilings with Peter. He's doing pods with Peter Fagan. He's um, getting concert venue unveilings with Peter Fagan. He's doing everything, whatever's going on with the cluckery. He's there, I'm assuming, uh, in spirit, maybe not in person, but he's there financially. We should, just uh, like maybe for legal reasons. I don't know if Pat actually has any involvement Yes, that is a joke. <laughs> that one is a bit that I, I have been running away for a long time. The other thing is it seems like he has an involvement with it. But the cluckery, I mean, I've yet to see. I'm waiting on the reporting to see what this means, how many cluckery shares he may have got on the side of this deal. But for legal reasons, yes, he's uh, not Pat actually Cotton involved is not actually an owner of the cluckery. Knowledge. That we know of, yes. exactly. <laughs> To our knowledge. But no, this is a fantastic deal from just a pure basketball perspective. Uh, Pat, like you said, Ty, has been one of the most reliable players for the Bucks throughout his time in Milwaukee. He's just been one of those guys you can constantly, constantly rely on. He's gotten better every single year he's been in Milwaukee. It's just he's a guy you just want to keep around. And he wants to stay around, so they got a deal done. Simple as that. Bucks just love doing deals with Jeff Schwartz clients, right? Isn't that we're still at that? This is I, I was trying to remember, is that how we greeted this initially when it when Pat first signed for the Bucks? 100%, yeah. Was it something everyone's like, oh, another Jeff Schwartz guy? Um, we've come a long way since then. This is great. I think we all have reached a point where Pat is like this universally beloved figure within the books, but he isn't just like a cult figure either. We recognize him as a pretty essential cog of this team um, for what he gives them, particularly when it comes to the postseason. He's one of the most reliable performers. He's a guy that at this point we all trust to stand up in the biggest moments and be a reliable contributor. And let's be honest, there are still players that we really like on this team who have a lot of potential, have done a lot of good stuff that we probably don't feel exactly that way about. So on the Pat front, he's someone you really want to have around. And I think... It's one thing saying we feel that way. It goes out saying that Bud feels that way. He's one of Bud's most trusted guys on the floor. John Horst clearly does too. Of course, he has the Peter Fagan endorsement. This now brings him up probably right around the age of 34. Gonna guess we'll get a one-year deal after that, and then Pat's gonna take over for Peter Fagan or something like that and head up Buck's business operations. This is clearly there's a long-term vision here. Pat's Pat's got his eye on it. He hasn't got a Peter Fagan bobblehead on his desk for no reason. Um, but no, very, very happy that, you know, Irish national team superstar Pat Connaughton is going to continue his association with the Milwaukee Bucks for the foreseeable future. You got to get nice working on him now. Tell me about it. He needs to he needs to be a man of his word, you know? In business, you can't just say things that not follow true, right? So he, he said a lot of stuff. He needs to come over and suit up. He's a business man. He's a business man. Um, sorry. Uh, it was a nice bit of pre-agency. That's what I'm going to call this. Pre-agency. Because he could have easily gone into pre-agency and chose not to. And then basically gave the Bucks a bargain. Even though it's like, it, I would say it's a fair deal for both sides. I would probably tilt more towards the Bucks' favor. Just because Pat is their since Bud has come to Milwaukee, he's their development figure. Like the wing university and all that stuff that 
predated by coming to Milwaukee and everything like that. Like Pat was a cast off from Portland and like where he, how far he's come, where he's become improved in basically every area of his game. Um, trusty, like as Adam mentioned, Bud trust him more, a lot more than of the non-stars edition than any, a lot of role players that have come through. Um, even including like Bobby in some you know cases, obviously with the Brooklyn series last year, but like Pat's been through all this. <laughs> I, Giannis and Chris have their own journey, and obviously that predates Bud and just goes back to Kid and I mean Larry Drew. <laughs> but um, Pat, along with like Brooke and obviously Bud, like that's the new iteration. They've gone through all the highs and lows of the last four years and counting. And from that angle, like, I mean, we've seen how he's embraced his role and talking about the bench mob from, from that, you know, from that season, honestly. And then to where he is now, where he's like, it's not necessarily like a six man, but he just can do a little bit of everything. And that's exactly what the books have wanted out of him. Um, I don't know. It's again, solid deal for everybody. And it extends Pat's stay in Milwaukee. Considering, we were maybe talking about a month ago where we're like, oh, is, is it Pat or Bobby if that's how the choice is going to be made? You know, like that's where it's even greater than where just him picking up his option in the first place. And then now that we're talking about him staying alongside the core, uh, yeah, how can you not be thrilled with this news? He definitely he did the books a bit of a solid. I think Ty is right in talking about the four years, 34 million, which is what he's currently under contract for. Like, he could have got more than that. Yeah, I really think he could. Years, I always felt, were what was going to be most important to him. Um, he's talked about, like, to we to make all the jokes about, you know, the dual sport athlete and the fact that he could have went and been in Major League Baseball. This is the path he chose, and kind of every year he's another guy from early in his career, particularly in Portland, before he arrived to the books and ascended to his current status, where it's like, I want to prove that I'm like a 10-year NBA guy. I want to have that kind of career. And he's going to have that at then some. He's an NBA champion. He's going to be a legend in Milwaukee for the rest of his life. That's maybe part of what comes in there. But for, for me, what's what's really interesting, there's two things. One, just to imagine the books now. Like, it's one thing getting these guys. It's one thing the development working out, them being strong fits, you winning a championship. They all want to stay. Like that is such a seismic shift in just what the books are. And honestly, what that means for the books in the short term, in the medium term, over the remainder of Giannis's career, and even possibly beyond, because all of the work that had to be done to change the reputation the franchise had with players and within just the wider NBA, that has been done. Guys want to come and play here as things are right now. That's a big, big deal. Um, just a complete shift in culture. I I don't know. It's the kind of thing we'll just we'll kind of talk about now and then we move on with it, but it's it's so seismic. Like it's it's something we couldn't imagine. Even when there's been nice deals or players we've been excited about in the past, we're always under the impression. And Stephen the kind of thing say Brooke was probably the first guy in this mold to do it because they signed him for one year. He's a great year. And you're like, oh, is he just going to go back to an L.A. or go to a New York or take a, a bigger payday elsewhere? And he's like, no, I'm staying here. Like, that's the start of it. And that is just something that, honestly, we couldn't have dreamed of five or six years ago for, for guys with the books. The other thing, which maybe we'll get into towards the back half, is this is really interesting organizationally, how they've handled things this offseason, because we have been in a cycle which is not good for the team when you don't have a whole lot of salary um, to play with where every off season it's like okay this crucial guy is coming up how are we going to work this out and how we're going to have to use one of our few tools in free agency one of our exceptions on him to help bring him back and we're just going year after year through this cycle and at this point Horst the books ownership have just kind of said enough let's let's kind of clear out let's make it a very very nice neat picture for the next few years of who's under salary what our roster looks like it doesn't mean that there won't be trades in fact it's much more likely there will be trades at some point given the business the books have done but it does take some of the year-to-year 
concern and dread that I think whenever free agency came around, we had where it's like, if this team performs well, stays healthy next year and gives us another season like the last season and obviously like the season before that, the levels of concern aren't quite there. We know Brooke and obviously his age and his long-term future, that's the thing that we all have question marks over. But outside of that, if everything keeps working, the books are kind of locked into who they are for the next few years. That's a big, big deal. And it's it's in a good way, I think. You yeah. know, they're locked into a bunch of players in their 20s mostly. And then, of course, Brooke is older. And they're not locked into Brooke. That's the interesting thing we'll talk about in a little bit is possible other extensions, which I do think are, I don't know if I would say likely, but certainly on the table given we are seeing this team like, they want to play together. You know, they, they want to stick around. They want to continue what they've what they've built and go win another championship. But you're talking about – and I don't, don't think it's a coincidence that Pat's deal is now essentially outside of the value, obviously. The same as Giannis's three guaranteed years and then a player option. Uh, you've got Chris with one more guaranteed year and a player option. Drew with two years and a player option. Grayson has two years. Bochamp has up to four years, hopefully. Um, Bobby Portis is the same as as Giannis and Pat on that three years and then a player option cycle. So it does seem like the Bucks want to largely have this core for the next couple of years. We'll see about the other guys coming up, especially Brooke Lopez, which is funny. You know what's funny about the Brooke thing is I remember when that was signed. I think almost all of us, maybe not Adam, but there was a lot of, oh, man, how is that going to age, right? Oh, man, he's getting a little older Last two years of that might be tough. And obviously he had the injury this past year, but when he came back, he was the same old Brook. I don't think anybody going into the last year of that deal right now is going, oh, I don't know about this season. I think it's like, oh, God, I hope they can get him for a couple more years, maybe at a little less money, which I think is just great. Shout out to Brook for aging very gracefully. But, yeah, I mean, I think the the core is pretty well established. Obviously you've got guys like Javon Carter who's on a one-and-one, Wes Matthews who's expiring – some of your more tertiary pieces for now. We'll see what Javon can do this season. But otherwise, I, I think they're in a position where they either have locked up all the guys they need to or they'll have the ability to. You know, like they, they don't need an exception to keep Chris, to keep Brooke. They have full bird rights. They don't need an exception even for Ingles. If Ingles fits in really well and wants to stay, his non-bird, you can pay him basically the same amount, which is why doing a one-year deal for him was really smart. So I think they're in a really good position now to say we've got our stability, we can use our draft picks, the few that we have, and whatever MLEs we have to kind of take some flyers. But we've got our core, and like you said, Adam, that you're, we're not going to enter the 23 draft going, we desperately need this, we desperately need two rotation players you know, from our bad options. You've got five or six locked up for the next few years now. It's all about keeping continuity, especially when you're a super good team like the Bucks. It's like, why would you not want to keep this sort of team together, you know? And especially yeah. like you guys have mentioned, keeping that flexibility open with having tradable salaries. Someone, someone say Kevin Durant. I'm, ki- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, or am I? Am I kidding? Yeah. I hope you are, Rohan. Why? Would you say no to KD? Don't ruin this era of good feelings and culture by wanting to blow up the team for Kevin Durant. I don't want to talk about Listen, it right now. Work, it just works really well for all those other teams that go. Let's get Kevin I mean, Durant. Yeah, the Warriors had a real good time with that. A team with established culture bringing in Kevin Durant. Let, what, let, why are we talking about Kevin Durant on this podcast? The I don't Warriors, wanna, I the don't Warriors also, hear. they got I, to keep all of their guys. I get Kevin Durant. No, no more, no more uttering his full name. I don't care about this whole Kevin saga Kevin Wayne anymore. Durant? <laughs> you can only say it if you say Wayne. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Is there any any last thoughts? Oh, the one last thing I was going to say, piggybacking off what you said, Rohan. This is also like exactly what Giannis wants, right? I think that's an important consideration too. Like there are some stars, cough, LeBron, cough, who are eager to punt their teammates and coaches into the sun every few months if things aren't going right. That's like a totally fair statement. Like I don't feel like that's a hot takey thing. We've seen it happen so many times. Giannis wants the opposite, right? Giannis wants the guys, the good the good guys, good players, guys who play defense and can make shots around him on the team. He's made that very clear. They've brought most of their free agents to Greece earlier this summer before they were even signed outside of Pat and his player option. Like this is, you know, all franchises with superstars, you know, they can try as they might to build a culture, but it all really comes from the superstar at the end of the day. The Bucks wanted to be the Spurs. They needed Giannis to be like Tim Duncan to do that. 
They've gotten extraordinarily lucky because that's who he is. And I think he's going to be thrilled to have all of his guys here for the next few seasons as he tries to win more championships. Can we get The Rock? Jordan's on the mute. Rock? Jordan, yeah, Jordan's, Jordan's muted. His mic is muted. It's a new mic. He doesn't know. Yeah. Hello? <laughs> yeah, Hello? You're back. There you go. <laughs> there we go. Good Lord. Um, I will add another point, if I may. You may. Um, it's fair to say that whenever free agency or anything that comes across as, you know, we're not talking about the Drews, Giannis's, or Chris's. We're talking about, like, the lower level tier of players like Brooke, Pat, Bobby, that kind of that's been through the championship and all that stuff. And when it comes to ownership, we're just like, well, they let Malcolm Brogdon walk once upon a time. They let PJ Tucker walk even when they had full bird rights over him. And it's interesting to see those decisions now versus the guys that they're keeping around and stuff like that. But the, the point that I'm trying to make is like, when it comes to retaining these guys, there's of course that like natural question of like, well, are they going to break the bank? Is ownership going to break the bank with luxury tax payments? Cause that's all what it is. There's nothing to it more than just how are, how much are they willing to spend? And this off season they have shown, yeah, we lost game seven. Probably should have gone farther. If Chris is healthy. Um, that might be a bigger question <laughs> as time moves forward. Um, and their inclination was we're going to keep the same team at a little bit of angles. Sorry, Rohan. And um, Rohan spend- should be saying sorry to us, Jordan. Don't exactly. Us, but spending- how am I getting? Ar- I didn't say anything. <laughs> oh, you said a lot. Not right now, but you said a lot. Yeah, I just have right. flashbacks of of the playback. Rohan's takes <laughs> were so hot; it's like a Marvel movie. Like they they cascade through time, and we have to keep arguing with them every podcast. Yeah. Not, not new, no, not last, new takes. No, 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 no. The last win in six. Yeah. I was listening to that. You guys had a, you guys had to change the conversation because you we were arguing with a person who wasn't on the podcast. Your, your takes yeah, were so just, hot; just, they cut through time. That's I just listened to the Eurostep, where you <laughs> were arguing with me, and I wasn't there, so I had to return the favor. You were like, "Oh, Adam's not here now," so by the way, you know, I got to say all these points that I I had to just go, "Yeah, okay, okay." Listen, it's just gonna go all season. Tell you about the Marvel movie. This is like a Marvel TV show where before every episode, we're gonna have to go previously on, and we're gonna have to play Rohan. That's great. No, that's good. Everyone should listen to the last ten pods every time a new pod drops, just to make sure they have all the context. Also, actually, we did. We'll talk very briefly about it. We Rohan and I did an emergency pod for Chris's injury. He had wrist surgery, so check that out if you're seeing this as the newest one. We've also got. 20 minutes or so on Chris, what that means for the rotation, etc. We'll talk a little bit about it later, but full thoughts on that can also be found at that pod. See, the expe- you got you to gotta watch That's all the awesome. shows. You got to watch all yeah. the shows to know what's going on. The can I say, say something yeah. on uh, on Jordan's actual point there before yes, Ron derailed us with the Joe <laughs> Ingles again? His rage seething underneath. This, <laughs> this ownership group have frequently made mistakes. What they have also done is pretty routinely come back the next year and be like, okay, we're not doing that again. Yep. And I do see a lot of this as a reaction to they, I think they know they made the wrong decision on PJ Tucker and the way the playoffs played out, they could have used another guy. It's not like that's exactly what you need and it's like for like, but if PJ Tucker was out there, but they had a better chance. Yes. And I'm sure they sat there, watched that and were like, what are we doing? Like, why did we do that? And there is a feeling of a correction to that. Now, you may be a year late, but this does remind me of something we've seen with them and something they deserve credit for. I would rather if they didn't make the mistakes, but hey, if you're going to make mistakes, learn from them, come back and don't do it again. It goes back to like uh, Jared Dudley and Zaza Pachulia and all those guys just being like talking about punted into the sun because it's like, oh, they're old, don't need them. For nothing, because they'd no value on it. And they later admitted, we did not know how the NBA works. We didn't understand the value guys like that have. And interestingly, completely different team, completely different level, completely different expectations. Pat Connaughton kind of fits that kind of mold of the, not quite the age profile of those guys yet, but of what 
like Dudley, Urson, Zaza were on that team. You're not talking your core starters. You're not talking about a guy your future is built around, but kind of glue of the team as role players. Guys that are really important in the locker room, really important what they can give you in various different roles. And it's something ownership deserve credit for because as much as they've made mistakes and we've got on their case, every time they've done it over the years, they do generally react to that and correct it. You can kind of see it in some pretty clear ways. This feels like one of them. Yeah, and I think also worth noting, just to make it crystal clear, they used all the possible spending power this summer, except for potentially maybe even the 15th roster spot. I mean, they're at 14 now, pending surge. And with Wara uh-huh. still in restricted free agency, uh, which does, is... Does Jordan Warren know he's a free agent? I don't know. Is there, think he's still is, under contract? Has no one told him? And he could be like, if he yeah, signs a just, document in the next six yeah, days. He, he can, uh, I was going to say, it's, there's a deadline for the his qualifying offer, right? Think, the 19th, I believe. July 19th is what I've... That's what Rare keeps saying in the Discord. Shout out, Rare. I didn't actually look it up, but I'm going to take his word. I'm, I'm going to make a Photoshop. Of instead of where in the world is Carmen San Diego, is where in the world is Jordan Wara. <laughs> Somewhere nice. where some Milwaukee Bucks are, but he's I, wherever, yeah, wherever the rest. Of the I think he's, are. is he in Vegas right now with the yes. rest of the Bucks? He was, yes. yeah. But now he might be back to Greece. You know, he might be Australia. Buffalo. Maybe he's going to pull up in Australia next. Who knows? He'll be by Milwaukee. Milwaukee. <laughs> no, he, he, he's he's playing seeds early. He's going to France to meet up with uh, Hugo Besson after he's done the summer league. <laughs> That's. Yeah. Oh, Adam's maybe to- Tony Tony Parker was there the other yeah. day. Maybe he offered him a contract. <laughs> that would be fun for, for Jordan sure. Wara. But I, he, literally, he's the only player who headed into free agency this year for the Bucks who they haven't brought back. It's pretty – I think it's pretty rare around the league. Like they literally – maybe literally everyone, but otherwise almost all of their free agents. I mean they've – now released Luca Vildoza and Ray John Tucker, who they ma- now made free agents. So those guys, although they are still on the Bucks org as of right now, they may not end up there. At least well, one. They did sign them again. Yeah, they did to sign- training yeah, camp signed- deals. Yes. Yeah, but yeah. it's still resigned. Yeah. Like they're all technically under contract. Just Jordan War is just like, yeah, we're all coming back, right, guys? <laughs> guys, it's up to him. It's up yeah. to him. He could, as long as they keep that qualifying offer out. I did say, I did note, I see or noted in Eric Name's interview with Bobby Portis. What was the what was the term, Rohan? You have a better memory uh, than negotiating. Me? negotiating. Yeah, it's, he put. I don't know if that's a throwaway because that's just an RFA thing or what. But I thought did think that was interesting. Jordan that, War is negotiating. Yeah, with the Bucks. Yeah, so no, what's, there, what's there to negotiate? No. <laughs> well, the contract. Jordan, yeah, I know, but it's like here's the offer sheet. You're either signing that. Like the books don't want them for any more than that. I'm surprised they want them at that. I, listen, uh, exactly. We we don't know what's going on. Maybe they're still in. Maybe they're like, hey, the the scoring potential. We're still in. I don't know. I I think it's a little wild, but hey, if if you're gonna go all in on continuity, and the worst part of that is you keep Jordan Wara on a small deal for a couple of years, there's worse things that have happened. Wara the explorer. He'd he be untradeable if he. Signs the offer sheet, right? You can't trade yes. someone who yeah. yeah. Pull the yeah. offer sheet. This is a terrible idea. Well, it doesn't matter. Because how, how much is you're, you're gonna be locked out? into 15 roster spots. It's like two million. Yeah. It's essentially it's like worse, a minimum contract, Worst, one, worst right? comes to worst, you can just cut him. That'd be an expensive. Seems like move. they're throwing money away now. What a what a shift for the I know, I, I know. It really, it's like it, very I can't, strange. I can't. Hey, I'll take this version. Yeah, I mean, if they want to spend too much. Once it doesn't lead to a correction next year where they're like, oh, although, as we said, most guys are under contract. Wes Seedens, I'll take a million (laughs) dollars. Rohan, just throwing that out there. Um, You're going to go play for Aston Villa, (laughs) Rohan. Sign me up. I'm going to be the worst player on the team, but I'll do it. One one other thing on Pat. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to address this directly to you, Jordan. Of course, once opinions are on the tie too. I'm going to direct this to you, Jordan. Is Pat now the Johnny Mac of this version of the books? Like, just to try to map out who is he going to be? What is his legacy going to be? That's the one that stands out to me. One, in part, because of some of the role, the kind of player he is. Also, it does feel like genuinely, Pat could be someone who's around the organization for a long time in whatever capacity he chooses. Are you feeling that one too? As that's kind of 
the camp if we're looking from the previous championship team to this team and mapping who's who onto it that Pat is now the Johnny Mac figure? I, of course, did this last night because I can't help but flashback to uh, <laughs> early Bucks years. The 70s. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that is probably the best example or like comparison. I, I mean, Johnny Mac is a successful business owner and he is uh, the Mac know, fund. Everything everything with the Mac fund too. Like, uh, granted, you had to have that <laughs> when you were in, playing that era, and you know nothing was really guaranteed playing in the pros. But yeah, I think I think Pat. I mean, that's that's the case with uh, this whole era. Weirdly enough, is like there. There's more continuity between this Bucks era than. I mean, even against it, it's nearing Nelson, early Nelson yeah. years before they did the major shakeup trade with Marcus. So that's where it's like we talk about Bucks culture and all that stuff too. Like again, this is largely unrivaled in the history of the team. And so that's where it feels unprecedented with that. Like it's not necessarily like or it's it's part of players want to be here, they want a championship, they want to see it all. They obviously see that they can maybe win another one. Whether they do that, it's very hard to win a championship as we have turned, as we've experienced. But the organization being able to retain guys like Pat and Bobby and making big moves like Drew, especially after learning, you know, moving on from Malcolm and then seeing how Eric Butts has struggled in the playoffs again and just kind of the writing was on the wall. It's it's that kind of you know not trade off but like some symbiosis. Why can I say this word? Symbiotic relationship. Yeah. There yes. we go. Yeah. Um, that has made this Bucks culture an actual thing. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I think it I think it begins with Bud because we've seen this a lot coming yes. out of players who have re-signed with the Bucks. I know in Eric Name's article, Bobby Portis talks about how oh that was cute. You were both in the sink drinking your water uh for the YouTube viewers. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um but uh, Bobby Portis was talking about how like the Bucks organization organization, this Bucks team allows him to feel free, be who he wants to be on this team. Javon Carter, when he first came with the team, he told me and Ty, like, 
Bud's a guy who lets you be who you want to be. And this is, we asked, I asked him straight up, is that a common thing in the league? He said, no, it is not. So it, I think, I think a lot of this comes down to Bud. Bud deserves a ton, a ton of credit here because he had to come in and just build from absolute scratch because it was whatever, whatever the opposite of culture is, was set like, uh, was in Milwaukee before Bud got here uh, without naming names. Uh, you all know who I'm talking about. I don't want to utter that name, but Bud's really, he's built this team, this franchise really from the ground up. Like he's had to. And I think he deserves a ton of credit for that because he it's left Spurs. It's Spursy. It's Spurs. It's Spurs. It's, exactly. I, I know he didn't have the chance to do this in Atlanta because they moved on from Damari Carroll. The guy, like the guys chose else to go elsewhere though. It's like he did build he he built a version of this, and you obviously get the five guys winning player of the month, the four all-stars, and then the end of that season comes, and in particular it was Horford stunned the Hawks by yeah. opting play for the Celtics the first time. Like completely stunned them. No one saw that coming, and they're like, Oh god, what have we got to do? And they end up with Dwight Howard and the whole thing falls apart because oh they really god, were I not that. <laughs> they were not prepared yeah. for Al Horford to Everybody did. to go elsewhere. Uh, so like he built that and those guys talked about it in the same way. And it was like Kyle Corver, what was he elsewhere? Like he's a good shooter, but no one thought of him as the shooter that he ultimately came to be known as because no one just signed him. I was like, we're just going to play to what you do, Kyle Corver, as opposed to we want you to do a little bit of this. Can you do this? That's just not how Bud operates. And uh, he empowers his forced. players to be who they are. Yeah, they get on the same page and they're like, we need this. Let's find a player who can do that. So when you bring the player in, you're not asking them to do something they're not comfortable with. Like you can work on that. You can try to add new skills too, but it's all about additive rather than you need to do this instead of this. Like that is yeah. very much a feature of all Bud's work. And that is Spursy for sure. And, and I, I will one... say, sorry to interrupt you, Adam. Uh, huh? Just another point. Like uh, to go on with Spurs and Bud, like obviously Giannis deserves a lot of credit here, <laughs> uh, because like you're mentioning with the Hawks culture, like the Hawks never had as good of a player as Giannis, which I think feeds into it because there was like a ceiling for what that Hawks team could do because of their talent. Like Giannis supersedes, like he makes that ceiling go through the, the roof. To quote Michael Jordan, "The ceiling is the roof. The ceiling is the roof." There you go. Yep. That fell apart. No, I think it actually makes more sense than Michael Jordan's quote. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yours was okay. The Hawks didn't have um, Giannis because they literally didn't get Giannis because of the exactly. Too. That's that's the funny thing. But could have had a team like that, like in a much more literal way, if not for all of that. Shout out John Hammond. But I, I do think it's not necessarily they didn't. You're that's a good point because it's not like oh yeah, obviously Giannis. I mean. Giannis is Giannis in all these True. very unique ways. But it also, based on how Giannis wants to be coached and he wants to be held accountable, and you look around the NBA, that is not a given that superstars are going to want to be. He sets the tone. Yes. He's not looking for Steve Nash's coach either is a key detail here. Exactly. So from that standpoint, it's like, yeah, it's gonna you're going to have easier buy-in from Bobby, Pat, just the, that kind of the role players that, you know, are lift up the bucks based on their presence being there. But it's hard to find when you don't have a guy like Giannis saying, like, if he's getting coached that way and Bud is getting in his face for, you know, not getting enough effort defensively or whatever, um, that that's that's unique. That's unique to this whole thing that is going on right now. And it's very easy to get like, I, like, I just, I don't know. It's and, and they do it in a different way though, because the bucks like Giannis, they've had coaches before that like, will hold them accountable for things, but it's in a different way. Like everyone remembers the bucks in Utah and uh, yes. Giannis telling, uh, was it Sean Sweeney that I'll F you up? Yep. Was that Sean Sweeney? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like, and that, Bro that, Brogdon shrugging his shoulders on the bench that time, yeah. all of that stuff. But I mean, that's, like, you can't undermine, like, let's say, if you're, particularly the Bobby Portis, the Pat Connaughton's, like, you're a role player. 
And yeah, you could be a starter at times, but there are other times where you may not be. And like Bobby in Brooklyn and that series, that's a great example of it. You can't disrupt things and undermine Bud because that's not how Yanis rolls. That's not how Chris rolls. So if they're not doing it, you can't because you're going to lose that battle. You're going to lose that battle with your teammates as well, which is like, as a point of comparison, we look at the weird Cam Thomas clip from Vegas the other day. It's like... I do, Durant, think, I do think if Durant and Kyrie are, are kind of on one side of things and undermining your coach, well, then someone as lowly as the guy who's playing summer league in Vegas is going to roll his eyes and questions. And the whole thing. Well, look at I mean, work. we have another example. Sorry, sorry. To, to give some context for that Cam Thomas thing, though, like it's not exactly what it appears to be on face value because Cam Thomas was talking earlier about like how he's tired of that narrative around Steve Nash. So it's not necessary. Like your general points still stand, but like the Cam Thomas thing is a little. Yeah, Eric Bledsoe was at a salon, so it's not really. I don't know why people think that it's something that it's not. You know, I mean, he was at a salon, so. Yeah, he just he didn't want to be in that salon. Yeah, that's it. That's all. And Cam Thomas was making a really meta reference. I miss Cam Thomas having a convenient, yeah, a convenient explanation. Is what sounds like. So I, your point is fair. You're right stuff. to provide the facts, at least as they seem to be out there. I'm saying it might not. I'm not saying it guaranteed is or is. It is. Um, Rowan out here shilling for Cam Thomas. Cameron Tom. That's how I call him. So I'm trying to get some clarity on this, but according to the CBA FAQ, today, July 13, is the deadline for teams withdrawing unilaterally a qualifying offer. They can only withdraw it after that. Oh, with great. We're going to have to do it. Rohan had a face. Yeah. There we, we go. Should, we should looked up this uh, this detail earlier, Ty. Yeah, so anyway. let's just sit here on this pod until we get some news either way, and it'll just be however long it is. And also, they could trade him with his consent as long as they're – oh, wait, no. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Never mind. Forget that last part. That was awful. But not the first part. Should the I do my Woj good. impression while I'm looking at my phone right now? Be like, sure. This yeah. just in. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> There's no news. They're going to wait till we finish. Just how it, 11.59 Eastern time. <laughs> I hope so. That's in a few minutes. <laughs> no, it's in an hour. No, it's not. No, it's not. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Time once again, stop throwing. Listen, okay. Like I did not wake up a long time before we started recording this. <laughs> to bring it back to this is going to bring it back to the matter of half. Right? We're Please talking do. about Pat. Pat would want us to talk about business. Okay, it's good for business in a very like when we look at wider doing this too. You win a championship, and this is something we talked about when PJ went. It makes sense if you want to not just kind of get the most out of that team as a competitive team, not just get the most out of that team in a financial sense, but if you want to like continue to make lifetime books fans, give fans years of watching these guys. Like you've watched Pat Connaughton, you've watched Bobby Portis, you remember their contributions to winning a championship. And oh, wait, they're back and they're going to keep going, keep going. Like, I, I don't think that should be overlooked either in terms of stability. It, one, it is the best way forward for the books to build a competitive roster right now because they don't have cap space. But it's also something that for their brand and for kind of building out the reputation of the books and the longer lasting legacy of this team, it matters too. And it gives whether it's younger fans or it's fans who've come to the team in recent years. You guys may be better placed than me to talk at some of that. Maybe not, but I, I no doubt that those people exist. Even if not in Milwaukee, they exist around the world. You want to keep tapping into that. It doesn't hurt you to be like, oh, look, it's the same guys again. And this is an advantage competitively the books have had, which is you look at the landscape around the NBA and it's like every team, it's constant change. Year in, year out right now, people be like, oh, look, there's the books. They look like last year's books. And when everyone else has all these question marks hanging over them, we know what they're going to give. So if a player would have non or bird rights at the end of a season, including first round picks following their fourth season, who then accept the qualifying offer for their fifth, which I assume would also apply to Wara, they basically would have a no trade clause. So it would be up to Wara. He'd have to consent to a trade because you lose your bird rights if you're traded on a one year deal. Makes sense. 
we just rarely see it because the qualifying offer is so rare uh, for to actually be signed. But here we are, maybe I past think, the deadline yeah. of the Bucks being able to pull it, uh, with it still out there to Jordan Wara, as far I mean, as we know. Bruce Brown was the last guy to do it. He did the last season. Before then, I can't remember. That sounds Greg Monroe, right. maybe. Yeah, I, I think other players have done it year? in there. No, I don't think so. Oh, that declined the, or no, that signed the qualifying offer. Yeah. Was that KCP? Did KCP do that too? I think he did. Maybe. That's, that sounds potentially correct. Doesn't sound very clutch. Well, I think he did take clutch. a lot less to play in LA than he did in, in De- he would have got he got a huge offer from Detroit that he turned down. Yeah. Oh yeah, Doug and Smith was all on pay key, KCP. <laughs> anyway, um yeah, it's it's a good player. Uh makes a lot more than Pat Connaughton now. Anyway. It's true. Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton could both sign extensions uh, before next season starts. I believe Chris has a deadline around the start of the season. Brooke at basically any point kind of thing. Do you guys think it's likely that one or both of those players would do that? Um, I personally think it's more likely Chris would and that it would be some my, – my example contract for this is the Kyle Lowry extension, three years, $85 million, less than he made annually over his last two contracts when he signed that. But just a little bit of acknowledging there that, you know, a little bit older. I don't need to make more every year. I've banked a lot of money already, which is also true for Chris. I've won a championship as the second best player on the team, which is also true for Chris. And I would like to continue playing for a winner. Lowry did that when he moved to Miami. Chris, obviously, we'd hope would be sticking around. But he could accept or decline his player option and then do that. So I certainly think it's possible. I would say... A little likely. That's what I hope the news was yesterday when we found out he got surgery. Uh, but what do you guys think? Give me Ty. Give me a give me a percentage and one to one to a hundred percent likely. Fifty five. Of course. What is what does he mean? Uh, of course. It's like right in the middle. <laughs> well, yeah, it's really close. It's what you, I had to go. Did you want one or one hundred? You said I could go no, any number no. in between. <laughs> no. I didn't no, do fifty. That's fine. Yeah, that's fair. Why not seventy three? Ty. Why not fifty six? Yeah, Let's not on. get carried away. Is is Chris Middleton like at worst the sixth best player in franchise history? I think it's uh, yeah, I think higher. He's, he's higher than that off the top of my head. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. At worst. Oh yeah, at worst, probably. Who have you? I, I, this is the good stuff, bro. Oh boy, who have you got in the conversation here? Who are the other five? Break out your well, Bardo board. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> Maybe uh, we should just move on. One, I don't, Brian I don't think we're all Like I think about it. <laughs> uh, Two, no. Josh Boschkel, <laughs> or Jake Boschkel, whatever his name is. Ken yeah. Benson. No, I mean Paul Benader. Anyone? Giannis, Kareem, Sydney. Like who else? Like Mark Ray Allen. In there. Ray Allen. I think Ray Allen's is hot pretty high. I don't can't yeah, I believe think, it. I think Chris is better than. No, Ray. I don't. I don't. It depends. It's I always think Prime Ray was better are, than Chris personally. Okay, so is but that as what a, we're as talking a buck, about? As a buck, as a buck. Oh, yes. if we're talking, so this, gr- are you saying greatest? The greatest and best is, is the thing, Rohan. This greatest is, is top. Four. Chris is top four on greatest. Okay, I'll say best then. Oscar. Chris is better than Prime Oscar on the Bucks. That's true. So let's say let's say fourth, fourth or fifth. To me, to me, greatest books, it's Giannis, Kareem, Sid, Chris. Yeah, I think that's fair. At this point, because he's got the longevity too, is the thing. Yeah, it's, he's got the longevity. He's got the accolades. He just, need, I need Chris to make it all NBA team, man. I know. To I to Ty's point, if it's best players ever play for the books, Ray Allen is absolutely a six, better player. But yeah. Uh, he's he's certainly top ten. But oh yeah, would Gary Ray, Payton Ray, technically Ray be on Allen, the list? Not higher than oh, Chris. No, that's not for not sure. the books version of yeah. Um, but best. The, the, the the general point I'm trying to make here is is that Chris <laughs> is a, one of a legend of the Milwaukee Bucks franchise. So I do think it's likely that an extension gets done. I'll say I'll say seventy percent tie. How about that? Oh wow. Because I think. If he, like the Bucks recognize that he is one of their greatest players, I hope they do. I really hope they do. Uh, Chris obviously wants to be like a historical figure for this franchise. It makes sense to get years added on as soon as you can. 
And especially with a guy who's still in like the latter stages of his prime, but at later stages of his contract is probably going to take a little bit of a dip in production levels as the years go on. Uh, hopefully not. But uh, like we have to be realistic here. I think you're going to want to tack on as many years as early as possible. I, I don't see the rush from the book side. We've got two years here. He's opting into that player option for the juicy oh, near forty-one million. I could. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: either maybe you he could opt in and extend for maybe one more year, or opt out and then get the money spread out over a few years. I think would be basically the main couple options. Basically, what they do with Drew. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't see the urgency yet, honestly, and from the book's point of view. And I mean, to your point about Chris and the status within books, as we just said, he already has that status. Like, that's there no matter what. And even if this came to free agency, like, if Chris is still Chris, Chris probably stays with the books. The books probably pay Chris to, to stay with the books. I, I don't see the urgency for him right now. I, I, it's not I think, impossible. I, well, but maybe I, with the injuries, there's a little more urgency from Chris's side uh, right now. Yeah, but not for the books. For sure, enough for the books. Like, yeah, to your, I, think, I don't know. That's true. I don't. I, I think question, they like having I, the guys locked up. Yeah, I. That's where. I think, I think Brooke for me is the one, not for any like significant length of time. A year, but they they may like an extra year on Brooke right now, so that they're fully sure of where things stand. Because that's the thing coming up next offseason. Yeah, like yes. I, I, don't I don't think they, they need to act that. on Chris right now. I think it's. I think the Brook, what happens with Brook is a lot more. I can see it easily being like done and we're like, oh, well, it wasn't that big of a question. But it's also, again, we're coming off a season where he had back surgery. And exactly. We saw how the center position, they didn't really, maybe we talked about after the, last week. <laughs> I went six with Ty and it's like, they didn't really have any succession plan. So it's either you're going to extend them on, another year or maybe more who knows what they how they view this like get one of those surveil mcgee land deals get him locked in till he's like 38 <laughs> or they're eventually just going to go something entirely different and i don't either direction is really fascinating just because something's it <laughs> they're approaching a fork in the road that you know they're Best center and since Kareem. <laughs> um, I don't use since Bogut. <laughs> no. No. But Bogut was better. Bogut was better. Bogut was better, but he played on bad teams yes. and um, also since Larry hurt. Sanders. It's a tough comparison to make generally because, like, what? Ron, I'm going to fight you. I'm going to get in a play. <laughs> It's John Henson. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Adam. Come on. Not I funny. love Brooke. Not funny. Oh, it doesn't seem like it. I do. I mean, my my thing with this, the conversation, like the points you just put forward about Chris Middleton, and we talk about his place in franchise history and all of this, and what we just what we talk about, Pat, we've been doing it. We have a what is now not really ironic rafters bit going on True. for Pat. It's never for ironic. Time. Sure. Brooke Lopez, we're talking about, and where Brooke stands and his importance to these teams. It's like, we can't talk, oh, you know, they're going to want to make sure Chris, it's like, one, Brooke is the position they do not have a solution for just yet. I fully get the concerns about his back. He was really good in the playoffs. Looked great. All of the talk from him and from the books is he feels better, he's in better shape than he's been in years. Chris, I'm honestly a little concerned about Chris's health. Just because he has a weird accumulation where he is picking up an injury here, an injury there, and it's kind of... I don't know. It feels like year to year there's always something with Chris now, which maybe it's not the same, and I know a big guy and they're back. Like, that is the kind of thing that brings down a career. But there is just this accumulation with Chris where it's like... It can slip quickly. Is is he breaking down? Like he's not breaking down yet, but I would. It wouldn't shock me even with generally his style of play and how he moves. If he was a guy who he could still have a silky jump shot and he could be able to play till he's thirty five, but if he looks a really old thirty three, thirty four, thirty five in terms of how he moves on the floor, 
Like that that's one where I don't see the need right now, particularly off of the injury he got in the playoffs. Now he's had wrist surgery. I like I don't think either of these things are major in their own right, but they wouldn't be pushing me out to be like, oh, let's let's get the extension done when we know we have him under contract for this season, when we know he may well opt into his player option beyond that, and we still have time. Like they can extend them next summer, right? Uh, depends what he does. Probably player option. But it's it's much more option. much more the ball is in his court then. I mean it is now too, but But what what do we expect, Chris, like with the ball in Chris's court? What do we think he's like? I'm going to clippers. Are they running the play? Yeah. <laughs> he's gonna catch the ball in the corner. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think it would make sense to put him on Drew's. Oh yeah, Bogdanovich. No <laughs> sorry. I think it would make sense to to put him on on Drew's timeline, even if not on the Bobby, Pat, Giannis, three guaranteed years and an option. Um, It just wouldn't surprise me at all. But, Brooke, I I could see, you know, they give him a year for eight million or something, 10 million. I don't know what the number would be. Um, I'd want to see this season. I wouldn't. Pay these guys their money. No, I I completely agree with that sentence. I'm just saying, like, from a box perspective. I, I don't know, what, but what's the suspicion of Brooke as opposed to anyone else? Particularly because I don't... What's Brooke the alternative here, too? Brooke is older than has too? a much worse injury. <laughs> oh, I, I get that, but what are what are they doing? Like, they're committing all this to mapping out year because to maybe year it, like, who it they're continuing to be. Because maybe, like, it depends on what happens this season. Like, you maybe you don't have to give as much. <laughs> like, I, I think I one, Brooke being under contract, if, if it doesn't That's work fair. out... You might need a salary more than anything else. That's fair. The option, the options aren't really there for him otherwise. Like I will continue on this. Love Bobby Portis. Glad he's back. Bobby is not the guy. He's not the answer for the books in terms of a long-term five. Brooke is obviously not France. the answer for a long-term five in France. Yep. He's talking about Wembiana. No, I'm not. But oh. that's a, that. I, let's, you, you, that is what that. I expected too. Well, who that who is, is in the, France? The you go. AJ uh, Parker. No, uh, Surge. <laughs> oh, Christ. Oh, Jesus. Well, um... That's a joke. <laughs> I don't like any of your jokes today, Ron. <laughs> to be clear, to be clear, just to set... I, I love Brooke. I want him here as long as he can. Uh, today is the last day to pull a qualifying offer, so we'll have some news at some point. I'm Jordan yeah. War. I will... Yep. Can I make one overarching point yes. to tie this all together. Since we have talked about like different I mean we've talked about Bucks history and eras, all that stuff. When the ownership their new ownership, they're not new. They've been here like almost 10 years. Why do you say new ownership? Uh, like when 10 years? It's going it's, oh, it's we're closer 14, to, 15, right? Yeah, we're oh closer to end the end of that season. Yeah, so we're seven. It'll be eight years the end of the season. Yeah. When they came in and saw the franchise for what it was, which is that much, <laughs> and we talked about like, oh, Bucks history, it's you're stuck in like, you know, you have to look to the first 20 years of to look at actual success and all that stuff. And then you fast forward to now where it's like there's just this big space that does, you know, you have the 2000, 2001 team and nothing else <laughs> largely around it. And I think from that perspective, like we're talking about guys that have been with the organization for a long time. And yeah, Ty is right. It's he hasn't been joking about Pat being the Raptors and having his numbers and all that stuff. But we're at a point where it's like this is if you retain these guys and they stay with the franchise for a long time, if they win another ring or you know, go on to have crazy success as they have been um for the last four years. That's where it's like, this is, it gets to that point of like, this is the next wave of people that get insur- or, you know, honor and all that stuff. So that's where it's beyond just Buck's culture in that sense. It's like this stuff like reverberates for years to come. And why, you know, when we're old and gray, we're going to look back on this time and all this stuff. And just it's like, like next how... year for me and you, Jordan. Yes, <laughs> I'm already gray. Um, um, yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> I've got some grays um, in the beard. Yeah, same. I haven't got that. I feel like that—that's the real problem. Maybe Captain Gray beard. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna look like Bud 
with her. But that that like, is to that Jordan. That's the interesting thing for, like, let's say for example, Brooke. Like, I'm not saying any of this is gonna sour with these guys to a point where, but the terms guys finished their book's career at too also are gonna feed into you know how they're honored, when they're honored, all of that. Like, that's you just have to look at the franchise's history for that. And some of the guys who maybe shouldn't have been honored, although we won't we won't get into those arguments right now. They got honored very quickly in some cases because good terms of the books and the agenda of the books being like, look at this, this worked out, aren't we great? Let's pull that jersey up there and no one will ever talk about it again. Like there was an element of that. And it, there's always kind of narrative pull on certain things where, for example, Brooke, I mean, the other thing with Brooke, how long is Brooke going to play to? Is Brooke like, after this contract, the current contract, could Brooke just be like, yeah, I want to go and be a cartoonist now. Like, I've got all this stuff, which he has seriously talked about for a long time, of him and Robin's plans. Like, does Brooke's timeline and Robin's timeline for their careers even, is that something that they this talk about among themselves? Season, right? Yeah. Jeez. Like, That's a that long time. It's so cute if they both retire together to just become... I, like, I, no, I, I would 100% expect nothing less, that's what's going to happen. Robin's on the one year together. Yeah, what Robin's on the one year mercenary train right now. Good yeah. luck in Cleveland. Like it, making good it's, money, it's going to line up. But like that, that's the other variable with Brooke. Now, this is a good thing too, and you're going to have the rest of your life to be retired and do what you want. So, I I don't know if he's like, no, I'm just I'm done now. I'm walking away. Uh, I'm I'm going to play baseball to be the the Michael Jordan of this. That'd be great if Brooke went to be a cartoonist and then like came back at thirty eight to to win more championships with the books. That's that's like the stuff of my dreams. Maybe that's, that's, um, year, that's his year in OKC. <laughs> it's like being Al Horford. Maybe he will. Uh, maybe he'll be on the West schedule for a couple of years and just like do his own thing until January and then saunter back in. Who knows? Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I hope they keep everyone forever. Uh, it won't happen, probably, but I think that would be great. I want to circle back to Pat as we wind down here, because this was the Pat Pod, the reason we convened. Two biggest games of the season, five and six versus Boston in the playoffs without Chris Middleton. Game five, 13 points, one offensive rebound, one steal, one block, four for seven from the field, three for five from three, two for two nails, I believe fourth quarter free throws for Pat. Game six in Milwaukee where they almost closed it out. Well, they ended up losing by quite a bit, but they had a chance to close it out in advance. 14 points, four rebounds, two assists, six for eight from the field, two for three from deep for Pat Condon. Absolutely huge in the biggest games of the season. Did not miss a free throw in the playoffs. Was great in the playoffs for the second straight year. Really excited to have Pat Condon on the Bucks with Giannis and the rest of these guys for the next three years at least. Let's get let's get the Rock actually doing that challenge with uh, Giannis and Pat from a few years back. You guys remember what I'm talking about? I do I remember. Yeah. It was a workout I thing. This, back, this was up. back when Pat was only Giannis's workout buddy, and he got snubbed from the dunk contest. Was that around that same time? Yeah, I think I it was. Yeah, I think it might have been. Wait, didn't he do yeah. it? He did do the dunk. He did contest. the next year. Yeah, he yeah. did, and then oh. Dwayne Wade waited everybody. Dwayne Wade's, he's always playing the long game. He went to Utah to get Donovan. Yeah, look at that sturdy house. Who's, uh... Pat Connaughton went to the dunk contest, did a white man can't jump dunk, had Christian Yelich there with him, and they didn't they didn't let him win. Two who's, MVPs. Who's better in their respective sport One, season? One has Christian gone Yelich upwards, one has gone downward. Who's I'm, better? I'm not That's an getting into this. Who's better right this now? This is something that, like... They're honestly kind of similarly <laughs> effective at just doing their role. Although one of them is expected to have a very different role than the other. So I there's just, just some adjustment going on that people are struggling with, but yeah. Yeah. Christy Yelich does a job just like Pat Connaughton does a job. They're they're effective. Now they I feel like Pat would yeah. check Pat would, for a bruising. <laughs> Pat would get on base a lot. I mean he was a pitcher so he'd be showing <laughs> oh, I'm calling it right now. <laughs> not a uh, book have you guys got for a have player that's not like even played that sport have you guys got like a visual image in your head of the time Patra at the first pitch yes I, oh, I yeah, saw it, it was bad yesterday was bad. I think about this every time like Pat as a baseball player comes up I'm like oh, 
I might be able to do better than that first pitch. <laughs> no, like that was that was really bad. at least throwing heat though. I mean, if it doesn't matter where it goes, I think I could probably throw it hard. Not that hard, but it, it just sticks Didn't out. Did you my say mind. you've never it's thrown like, a baseball just, before? Never. This never. is a like wildly Tom, Tom American take. War of the Worlds. You're what? like Tom Cruise in War of the Worlds. This is Adam's most American take ever. I Adam, have never done this States, sport. Yeah. I could do better than Pat. At no, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm trying to like 92. I'm saying if like what Pat seemed to do was I'm going to throw this as hard as I can. And it doesn't matter where it went, which is basically what happened. It's like, yeah, I could just stand up there and be like, I'm going to throw this as hard as I can. It doesn't matter if it doesn't right get here. near the catcher. What kind, of just, I always think about. what kind of pitch are you going with, Adam? This, this is like Sam when I would beat Sam Merrill in a race. This is what this is the evolution of. I buy that um, one more than baseball. I think it's, it's really, it's really <laughs> hard to throw a ball that hard. It is. It oh, is I, very I, hard. I'm not saying that like my top speed is not like 50 miles per hour here. I'm just saying... If it's a case of I'm to throw it as hard as I can, it doesn't matter where it's going. Sure, I could do that. That's what Pat did. It was a bad pitch. That's all I'm saying. It was a bad pitch. You know, it wasn't. Did you get it? Did you get it back out there? I don't know if he wants to anymore. Now, I mean, he well, was, if he's listening to this, he was he there hanging out. Yeah, with, he's he was there hanging out with Jordan Love uh, at a Brewers game only a few weeks ago. Need to need to get him down there and throw the first pitch again. Maybe talking to business. Maybe Giannis could cut him in on a deal there, and he can. Live his MLB dream a different way. Become an owner. Would not Might shock pretty, me at yeah. all, honestly. Yeah, wouldn't shock me. Uh, do we have anything else we need to touch on here? I think we're good. Okay. We'll be Let's, back uh, in five minutes when Jordan yeah. Morris' <laughs> situation resolves itself. That you might be a it. podcast. Yeah, maybe that's a winning six special. How you dare you? <laughs> Two and a half hours on Jordan <laughs> Warr's qualifying offer decision. Thank you for listening to this episode Why? here on the Eurostep Podcast Network. Make sure you check out gspn.info for all of our links. Make sure you leave a five-star rating and review wherever you can. Uh, check out the YouTube Substack, everything, all at gspn.info, like I just mentioned. Pod random, and we will talk to you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.